From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, Terrace Doquan. We have some updates coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday, October 6, 2000. 22. Let's get straight into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And the time is 9:50 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $20,218, up 1.6% in 24. It's at 6% up in 7. Ethereum is number 2 at $1,373. Up 3.9% in 24, 5.2 in 7. Tether's number 3, Binance is number 4 at 294, up 1.2%, 6% in 7. And USDC is number 5. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, which is up 4% on 24, 15.5% in 7. Cardano, Solana, and Doge. Total market cap, we're sitting at 965.5 billion which is an increase of 1.3%, a BTC dominance of 40% even, and an F dominance rising to 17.4. And in some really quick crypto price news, SushiSwap, it jumped quite a bit, 14%, after asset manager Golden Tree revealed $5.3 million stake in the decentralized exchange. Golden Tree has around $50 billion in assets under management, and it said it had been following SushiSwap for a while. The asset manager recently launched their crypto-funded Golden Chain Asset Management division and said they were psyched to be more active in all things Sushi. Golden Tree says it plans to focus on helping SushiSwap work on its tokenomics and general strategy, among other objectives. Moving into today's headlines, and it's a slow news day again. Not too much stuff going on, and it's very Terra Luna and Doquan heavy, so let's get into it. The South Korean Ministry of Foreign Affairs, they announced yesterday that the passport of Do Kwan will be canceled in 14 days. The ministry also ordered that the passport be returned to authorities. And they said, if you, Kwan, keep the passport, the validity of your passport will be invalidated. I guess that's what canceling means, but thank you for clarifying. On September 14th, if you remember, South Korean authorities issued an arrest warrant for Kwan, charging him with violating the country's Capital Market Act shortly after the Korean Ministry of Finance began work to void the crypto founder's passport. As the hunt for Kwan continued, Interpol approved South Korea's request for a red notice. And a red notice are issued for fugitives wanted by either for prosecution or to serve a sentence. And it's acting as a request to law enforcement worldwide to locate and arrest the person. Continuing in Terra Foundation news, Seoul's Southern District Prosecutor's Office arrested the head of general business operations at Terraform Labs. This person is reportedly the key aide to Terraform Labs co-founder and CEO Do Kwan. 
This is the first arrest in the ongoing investigation of Terra that comes after bench warrants were issued by prosecutors on Wednesday. This head of general business operations and the key aide to Do Kwan is charged with violating Capital Markets Act and fraud by manipulating the market price of Terra's UST stablecoin. And further news, Do Kwan, well, he denied that the South Korean prosecutors have frozen another $39.6 million worth of his crypto assets. Yikes. He says, once again, I don't even use KuCoin and OKX, where they have said to have frozen his assets, and have no time to trade. I don't know whose funds they've frozen, but good for them. I hope they use it for good. Kwan seems to be poking a bear. Yuga Labs, they have announced they've created a community council composed of seven Board Ape Yacht Club NFT holders who are active in the community. Yuga says that the council members, described as long-standing proactive community members, will focus on gathering and curating community feedback and spearheading philanthropic efforts. Yuga says that it wants to keep the council autonomous, meaning that they're not going to answer to anything of the multi-billion dollar Yuga company. Yuga's move to establish a community council affirms that the company wants to take its NFT holders seriously and to give them a clear avenue to voice ideas and concerns. The company wrote this in a post. This council and future councils to come put a more formal, efficient, and consistent process in place for Yuga leadership to get community feedback and advice on an ongoing basis. Russia, they blocked access to OKX. OKX is the third largest crypto exchange by volume. The site was blocked under Article 15.3 of the Russia Law on Information, Information Technologies, and Information Protection. The article protects against the spread of fake information, threats to financial organizations, and calls for extremist activity, among other things. However, there is no specific reason given for the website ban at this time. OKX, well, they're not the first exchange to be banned or blocked by Russia. The first website was Binance, blocked by local court order in June of 2020. The reason was, issuance and uses of bitcoins are fully decentralized, and there is no way to regulate it by government, which contradicts the current Russian law. Binance managed to have that ruling overturned by January of 2021. The Bank of Russia and the Ministry of Finance were at odds for some time of whether crypto should be banned or not. However, in recent months, they've managed to find a compromise. Well, they've expressed openness to using crypto for international trade, especially as a tool to bypass Western sanctions. And finally, I told you this was a slow news day. An SEC filing released on Monday said that CryptoFX, a Texas-based firm, used the attraction and novelty of crypto assets to solicit money from unsophisticated investors, and they promised vastly oversized returns on their investment. Again, this is from the SEC. Despite having no experience, background, or training in investments, the founders have been teaching paid classes for the purpose of educating and empowering the Latino community to build wealth through crypto asset trading. However, these seminars, which were held since 2020, were merely conduits for soliciting investors to give them their money. They also alleged, the SEC also alleged, that they provide investors with false documentation that, among other things, overstated the crypto experience and guaranteed that they would not bear any losses. So basically, they're saying, we're experts, don't worry, you're not going to lose your money. <laughs> they probably lost their money. CryptoFX ultimately raised $12 million from more than 5,000 investors, according to the SEC. And I did some quick math, and $12 million divided by 5,000 is like $2,400 a piece. Yikes. 
But rather than using that money for the stated goal of making profits from trading crypto, the founders, they used more than 90% of the funds to pay back fake returns to investors. Literally, the definition of a Ponzi scheme. Allegedly. The SEC alleges that CryptoFX co-founders, they spent approximately $2.7 million on fake returns to some investors to make their story more credible, while allegedly diverting almost $8 million for their own use. Now, this was written up in Decrypt.co, obviously. Uh, link is in the show notes. But sometimes when I read some of these articles, now obviously there's you know some writers at Decrypt and they're doing research on all kinds of different articles and stories at the same time. And you know sometimes you catch typos, sometimes you catch uh, different things. But this one, I just couldn't make out like what it was trying to say. For example, it says that the founders used more than 90% of the funds to pay back fake returns to investors. Um, however, in the next paragraph, it says illegally diverted almost $8 million for their own use. So 90% of the $12 million would be like what? Let's just call it uh, $10.8 million, right? So they either used $10.8 million to pay back fake returns or they had $8 million for their own use out of the $12 million. So I'm kind of confused like how much is 90%, what it was actually used for. Long story short, the SEC alleges that they were running a Ponzi scheme. That's the basis of this. You could probably look it up a little closer in the SEC filing. And if you read the article and have the same questions as me, write me, matthewrenner.decrypt.co. Or if I misread everything in this article, again, put me straight. I'm, I always I always welcome feedback, and we want to get to the bottom of all of this. Again, matthewrenner.decrypt.co. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share. Leave us a nice comment, please. Five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or anywhere you're listening to this podcast. And until tomorrow for our weekend review, happy hodling, everyone.